0: Hello, everyone, and it's that time again. Welcome to the Sydney St. James Show. We sure appreciate you dropping in. Wow, welcome back, everyone. Has it been a week already? My, how time flies. Well, this past week I've actually been working on a couple of books one that I hadn't finished yet, and one that I was doing some additions and additions on, and during this time, I remembered both of these books had to do with haunted houses. One is called This Haunted House, and the other one is called Guitar. Just simple as that, Guitar. And I just released that one, but it's actually a novella, so it's quite short but interesting and something that was based on true facts, actually. But those books got me thinking, you know, have you ever moved into your new house and found out it's haunted? How many of us actually have lived in houses and got that gut feeling or felt that cold air or whatever it might be? Well, a lot of us have, but we only say it to our real close friends. But in reality, there really are houses out there. And they really are haunted. Good ghost and bad ghost. So let me begin my story today by saying that home ownership is probably one of our great American dreams. Something we all aspire to do in our early years of life. There's something about having a tiny part of planet Earth to call your own that inspires a sense of both security and a sense of pride. Getting those keys handed over to you at closing for your very first home is always a cause for celebration. You get there, you open the door, and you cross the threshold, possibly carrying the woman you love in your arms, and you go inside your very own castle whether it be an apartment or a single family home in a quiet residential subdivision. Then, prepared to rule happily over a kingdom characterized by peace, coziness, serenity, an actual haven and sanctuary from all the toils of the world outside. Now, this brings me to A day that I purchased an old Victorian home on Stockbridge Street in Eagle Lake, Texas. It has always been on my bucket list to buy a really old house and restore it to the day it was built. In my case, that happens to be 1864. Well, I did just that. My wife and I purchased a home from a retired school teacher in Eagle Lake His name was William Kale, but we just call him short for Bill. This purchase is where the real story begins. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever moved into your new house and found it was haunted? Tell me this too. What happens if you are one of those unfortunate new homebuyers who makes a bone-chilling discovery? That your family and you, not to mention your pets, are not just the only ones who reside in your home, your home sweet home. In the making of my novel, This Old House, it gets discussed that there were footsteps heard on the roof, which is true. Or a ghost inscribing her name in script on the inside of a paint can lid, which is also true. Ghosts continually knocking the curtain down that block their ghostly entry into the home or even bursts of cold air on a hot summer evening through the hallway. They're all true. Perhaps a series of unexplainable occurrences, sounds, or sensations have led you to conclude that your new house you just bought that you work so hard to obtain is actually haunted. As horrified homeowners have known for centuries, ghosts make their presence known in a variety of ways. What is so amazing is you might be sitting back saying that this podcast is a bunch of hogwash. There are no such things as ghosts. But the truth of the matter is that there will be many who will totally agree with me that it has happened to them. So many people can't be wrong, can they? Let me ask you this then. Do your pets seem to see the unseen? My dog Shuggy and Peppy, two golden retrievers I got as puppies from Davis Waddell, out on Lakeside Drive, cower, whimper, and moan for reasons my wife and I can't see nor can we sense. I bet those listening to my podcast today will say the same thing. Ever notice your dog standing in the hallway just barking at something invisible? Or your cat? Staring at the open bedroom door and growling. Why? You're the only one in the house. There's no intruder in your home. No storm on the horizon. And nothing physically wrong with your pets. Your cats and dogs, or even your talking parrots, behave as if there's a presence in the home. A decidedly unwelcome one at that. Lights flicker on and off, seemingly of their own accord. We're talking about standard lights now, not those non-dimmable LED lights that flash on and off in your new fans you just installed in your home. Again, no one is in the house. At least, no one among the living is playing with your lights, but some entity seems to be having a good time, giving you goosebumps up and down your arms and making the hair stand on the back of your neck. Hot and cold spots are everywhere. You move from one bedroom to another and pass through an icy cold or blazing hot zone of which there's absolutely no logical reason as to why. Only the paranormal could change the temperature in your new house or your new apartment in such a strange and noticeable way. You hear noises, noises with no discernible origin. Footsteps, creaks, Scratching sounds and knocks occur, but neither you nor any of your other family members or friends are responsible. You can be sure that ghosts are finding weird ways to alert you to their ghostly presence. Even if it's in a noticeable gut feeling that you have, something tells you to either stop what you're doing immediately, or there was danger laying ahead, or something. And sometimes, we call it deja vu. What is that gut feeling? Or, as I did in that book called This Old House, I talked about it. I find a picture frame falling from the wall over and over, only to find that each time I walked into the room, The wire on the back of the picture frame was not broken, nor had the picture hanger nailed into the wall pulled out. (laughs) It was impossible because they were made from hard cypress wood over 200 years old. That wood was hard. And let me ask you this. When you move into that old house, do shadows appear and you look around But you can't see what's casting them. Some say it's known as shadow people. These darkened images on walls and floors often shaped so much like that of a human being are released by spirits who feel frighteningly at home in your home sweet home. Living in a haunted house can be very stressful for many reasons. There's the emotional stress that comes with being continuously spooked, as well as the financial stress that can result when particularly aggressive ghosts wreak havoc around your house. They break things and send the energy bill sky high because of the constant messing around with your lights or even going and changing your air conditioning thermostat and setting it down to 65. Moreover, it's certainly unsettling to feel as though you are never alone and always being watched, especially in the one place you hope for is a bit of privacy. There was one such house near Glidden, Texas that was in such bad shape The community advertised that on October 31st at 7pm, a contest was going to be held to see who could remain in the house all night. Hmm, that shouldn't be hard, right? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you that story after a quick word from my sponsors. Be right back. Don't go away. And now for the rest of my story. There once was a long, winding, dusty, pothole road covered with lots of dirt and barren spots that went on for miles and miles outside Glidden, Texas. Nothing but trees lined the road, and they were all ugly and gnarled, knotted, and grotesque. If you didn't get scared or tired of looking at nothing but trees, you'd come to the end where a dilapidated and run-down old house known as the Stafford House, where our story actually has its beginning. Among the little town's features, Glidden had two notable things, a haunted house, and Warren Strauss. People in the town say that old Warney was one half skunk, cause he never took a bath, and the other half lazy. He never worked on an honest day's job in his life. But Warren, of course, thought that he worked very hard at not working. Not working was a 24 hour a day job to the recluse. When he heard that there was a contest to see who could stay in this old haunted house for more than just one night, he was absolutely ready to go to his kind of work. This is like stealing candy from a baby, thought Warren. He should know, he'd done it. (laughs) Stories about headless demons howling in agony, eyeballs floating in the air, and pools, large pools of blood coming from the walls spread around town. No children could be caught playing around the house, none at all. No adults went there either. It just sat dark and ominous and completely empty. Now, the contest rules for staying at this haunted house were number one you had to stay from seven o'clock at night until seven o'clock the following morning you could only bring one bag of food something to drink and one personal item like a kindle or your nook to read three if you left the house for any reason before seven o'clock in the morning you lose the contest. And if you stay in the haunted house for the entire 12 hours, you win $1,000. That's right, $1,000 for just sleeping over for one night. So our good friend Warren went into the city hall early in the morning to sign up for the contest. It's his kind of job. He thought there would be a lot of people waiting but when he arrived, there he was, the only one. Where is everyone, asked Strauss. You're the only one, Mr. Strauss, said the mayor. No one else is fool enough to stay one night in that eerie old house, Warren replied. They're all just a bunch of chickens. I'll show them who's the bravest one around this town. You go and get that $1,000 ready for me, and I'll come and I'll get it at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. At 6.45 p.m. that night, Warren drove up out front in his 1975 Red Ford Gran Torino, got out and walked up to the house with nothing more than a bag of food and one personal item. No. It wasn't his Kindle, nor was it his Nook. It was a double-barrel-over-and-under shotgun. Someone in the crowd of town folk earlier watching laughed and yelled out, Hey, Warren, you can't shoot a ghost, and they started laughing. I rugged outdoorsman just spat a chunk of chewing tobacco on the ground and said, This here gun ain't for no ghost. It's for tomorrow morning when I come to get my money and I know there ain't going to be any problems. A rough night in a haunted house ends with, shall we say, a bang. And with that, he ambled inside the haunted house. Some people say that Warren was too dang dumb to be scared. The truth of the matter is, Warren was far too greedy to be afraid. As he walked into the dark old house, all he could think about was how he was going to get the thousand dollars for doing nothing more than sleeping all night. Warren switched on his flashlight on the table and looked about the room. Cobwebs were everywhere. Spiders crawled about the hundreds and the sounds of rats were running in the walls, making it hard to hear even your own footsteps. Dust covered everything. It must have been at least three inches thick. Heck, thought Warney, this is better than my place. As shadows rose and fell from the flashlight being shown, Warren figured he might as well go right up to the bed so he could be rested the next day when he got his money. He walked up the creaking steps of the old stairway installed out of the old LaGrange courthouse, careful not to step on the broken glass along the way. He then walked into the first room with a bed in it and decided that it would do. Setting his flashlight on the night table, and placing his Ruger over and under by the bed, Warren took off his boots and socks and just jumped right in. After the bullfrogs, the snakes, and toads, and no telling what else, including bunches and bunches of spiders, crawled out from under the covers. That's right, Warren turned out his flashlight, didn't budge an inch, and put his hands behind his head and started counting sheep. Except for the glow of a full moon outside, shining in from the window, Warren was as relaxed as one could possibly get. He was up to 22 sheep. His eyes suddenly fluttered, and he drifted off. Sometime much later in the night, something woke Warren up with a jerk. He rubbed his eyes and listened hard. His heart began to rumble in his chest. Did something move in the shadows? Was there a whisper of something growling near his ear? Who's there? Be off, rascal. Get out of here. I got my shotgun right here. If you don't skedaddle, I swear it. I'll use it on you, yelled Strauss. However, nothing spoke back. Suddenly there was a rustling to his left and a squeal to his right. Warren saw at the bottom of his bed something that made him completely stop breathing for a full minute and a half. Two hideous, shining eyes were staring right up at him from the very bottom of his bed. Whatever it was, it was so doggone close that Warren thought he felt its hot breath on his feet. Although he acted as if he was brave coming into the house for the contest, he was now paralyzed with horror. Should he run? Should he hide under the covers? Wait. Wait for just one second. Yes, he had his shotgun. He quickly snatched the gun up and aimed it at the two repulsive eyes staring. Back off. Back off or eat lead, I'm telling you, screamed Warren. No one's cheating me out of my money. The eyes made a left and then a right motion. Are you listening to me? No. No. Huh? Is that what it is? Shout Warren. Well, I warned you. Now eat the lead out of my red label Ruger. And with that, Strauss fired both barrels of the shotgun. Then he felt a searing pain, but just kept yelling. You think you're going to take my money? You think so, huh? You really, really think so. I'm not leaving you, I'm telling you that. You can't make me leave. Even after the mayor and six of the city councilmen came in and dragged the poor man out of the house, he continued to yell, I want my money. You can't cheat me out of what's mine. Give me my money. One of the ladies outside asked the mayor, what happened? What happened? Why is he screaming so? Well, said the mayor, it's just like Warren that he got so doggone mad, the fool blew off both of his two big toes. Unknown to everyone, his big brother Sidney had stolen his mother's fingernail polish. And while Warren was sleeping one night, He played a joke on him and painted both of his big toes with two staring eyes. Whoa. Tell me. Tell me it ain't so. It is. And later, I've got a story to tell to the nations. Hey, everybody. Well, that does it for me today. Thanks for dropping in again and see you on next week's podcast, Scary Stories Around the Campfire. Stories I learned during four years attending the John Knox Presbyterian Youth Camp during the summer. Until then, happy listening, everyone. Well? That does it for me for another great episode from Sydney St. James. Be sure to click on the tab above that says send a voice message and I will get it from you and I'll probably play it back on one of my future podcasts. Also, don't forget to click the button follow. I'd love for you to follow my podcasts. But it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, here I am, Sydney St. James. Happy listening.